On this week's show, we speak to the Scaffolds coach who's still got a competitive fixture to play this season. Opportunity to uh, play our outstanding bars game. Um, he's good, the boys were all excited, and to be honest, we wasn't really expecting it. Vandals strike at Lordswood, but the football family rallies round to help them out. We've had some real good uh, feedback this morning. It's going really, really well, and I'm, I can't thank people enough. And there's still no change for Dover Athletic, but manager Andy Hesson Tyler says he's in for the long haul. I'd, I'd love to stay, you know, even if, even if the club get punished and we have to drop a league or, or what they decide to do, you know, I want to stay. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kettle Only Podcast brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. And not much has changed really since we recorded last week's show, but we've got three interviews for you to enjoy this week and of course lots more besides. Uh, I'm John Phipps. Last week I clocked up my 100th mile of running for 2021. On the line now is a man who knows we definitely won't be finishing fourth at this year's Kent Press and Broadcast Awards. It's Mr Matt Gerrard. How are you, mate? Gutted, mate. I always thought we were going to win before, you know our thousandth show we would have get it yeah i'm disappointed why has it been axed well they've decided to because of the the circumstances they've decided to slim down the number of categories for for this year's um show and and basically they've decided to focus on individual awards um so it's all like so sports journalist of the year journalist of the year media uh, broadcast journalist of the year and all that are still there and they've created a special 2020 award and when they said, "Oh, hopefully, um, people who don't who, whose categories have been removed can, can apply for that," well, we can't because we're just a silly football show. Um, so, they journalist got... of the year could be you, though. Take it away from Benjamin Watts. Oh, I'm not putting him for that. We're, we're a team, mate. It's it's, oh, it's all of us or nothing. That's, that, that's very kind of you. That's and the best good. interviews on this show come from you. So you know, it's, it's it's all or nothing. So yeah, disappointed and and yeah, a bit 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 frustrated because I genuinely think. That over the past year, our shows have been better than ever. Do you know? What I'm, do you know what I'm most disappointed about? Um, no. Couldn't get that free trade ticket. I'm still going to try no. and use. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's another virtual award ceremony uh, though this year, so there wouldn't have been a, a knees up or anything. And actually, the date of the award ceremony was the it, well, it still is going to be uh, the day before my birthday. So uh, I probably wouldn't have been able to go and play anyway. So you we'll know, just but... flash the V's from outside, mate. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, they don't want us this year, but maybe next year they'll be willing to entertain us again. You never know. But uh, yeah, so yeah, surprising. I was a bit annoyed about that. But hey, they've done it for the right season and, and you know, they've, they've kept the awards going. So fair play to them. And uh, of course, we love them very much. And we hope that they remember that when it comes to next year's judging. We don't do it for the awards, though. We do it for the audience, though, John. Exactly. We do it for the people who are listening to this right yeah, now. Yeah, the hardcore, so. the hardcore kent non-league podcast fans so uh, yeah the, the kent non-league massive as they're known in our uh in our little world certain podcasts they have like merchandise could we sell a, a you know a picture of me on a mug with a thumbs up or something like that who 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 would buy that probably me but so we don't we, we, i don't think we'd make ten thousand of them so it wouldn't really go so we haven't even got a catchphrase have we so we could do oh or we could we could say well, I could have sworn then, so I better not say about the National League. So better not. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think. Well, I don't think we have any need for merchandise. Merch. If, if you'd like some merch, um, by all means, let us know. But uh, yeah, don't. Uh, no, I, I don't think that's going to be a goal. Would, would you wear a hoodie with the Kent Nunley podcast on on the on the heart on your heart, so to speak? Um, possibly it could be good to wear to matches and stuff but then look like an absolute loser when you're oh, no, I'm from the podcast a bit like that um, Ian Moose from what's his face yeah we oh, don't yeah. do that yeah, yeah we definitely don't have, we don't no. advertise that no no no, so, no. but no if anybody, anybody any ideas for merch what, yeah what would you like what merch would you like Matt Gerald to buy and sell yeah, he's obviously yeah. in, the, in the market for some for some extra pennies now he's got an extra mouth to feed he's obviously decided he needs to up his up his money a bit yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what could, what merch could we have? Because yeah. our logo is pretty basic, John. Like, great yeah. work by you. Yeah, the logo looks like I just designed it on a <laughs> on a free program on the cheap, which uh, is a hundred percent what happened it's, with it. But, it, but it's, yeah, but it's, it it does what it says on the tin. Exactly. Yeah, we're not going to. I know there is other 
non-league sites that have gone for a new logo and think, but no, we're not like that. So no. we're keeping it real down here. I still would like a theme tune. Though. I'd still love someone to, to give us some music we can have rather than the one we currently had, the one that we've had for 161 episodes, you know. There is a site that you can, don't, um, don't you pay a $5 and somebody will write Yeah, you? but I, I just, I think there must be a, there must be a band in Kent or a musician in Kent. I've said this before. There must be someone out there who just thinks I'd love to have my music out there and you could get, you could have your music on this show every week. Let's listen to, people it's listened to by people uh so you know it's an opportunity yeah, if you, yeah if, that would be good that would be good yeah yeah if you're a local musician we'd love to hear from you okay or if you know a local new musician you think get there a little bit of take over the thing i suppose you know we might be looking for a new sponsor i suppose at the end of the season if the season yeah. ends as well even though scs a management have been very good to us we're yeah. always looking to anybody yeah. else wants the sponsorship so we're opening up negotiations already for next season. Absolutely. Maybe the Kent Press and Broadcast Awards are on a... Sp- oh, no. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> it's our 161st episode of this silly little show this week. As well as being a number of a lot of military stuff, it's also apparently a number used by some anti-fascist groups as a code for their anti-fascist ways. Who knew? Uh, there's also a guitar from back in the day called the KK161 Thin Twin, uh, which was widely known as the Jimmy Reed guitar after the Blue Star of the late 1950s. I'm, I'm not sure we've ever had this conversation. Can you play a musical instrument? In lockdown uh, one, I did bring my guitar down from the loft. Right. Um, and I had I had a bit of a go there. I could do a few things, um, but no. But it's one of those things. It's a bit like a language. I'd love to play. I'd love to. You know when you go to um, the train station and there's the piano there? Yeah. I, you know, I'd love to. Oh, before I go on my train, I'd love to play EastEnders. Or, you know, not necessarily EastEnders, but something of that that would be cool so it's one of these things when i retire which would be near a long time away that maybe i would go to for piano lessons or take up a language or something but i'd love to be able to go yeah oh i'll just play a little bit of a tune on the on the old joanna for that <laughs> my guitar playing's pretty terrible so um but um yeah i can play a few things but nothing but i've got a good singing voice so don't need to play an instrument do i no, it's true. It's, uh, I've had you sing on several occasions. I don't think you have got a good singing voice. Well, I think I have. My, my have I shown, I'm not going to do it now, but have I shown you my um, Ronan, Ke- Ronan Keating impression? I think you might have done, yeah. yeah. And and my, um, who's singing Wonderful World? Louis Armstrong impression. That is a classic. Brilliant. But, Maybe we should do, go on Stars in Their Eyes. Yeah, 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 I could do, yeah. I've probably got a bit of a look like Keating. Um, maybe, well, maybe not, but no, that's, that's, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got a good singing voice and I love a bit of karaoke. So on that, we've discussed that before, but yeah, my Louis Armstrong and Ronan Keating impression would take me to a different level. Excellent. Um, on with the show then. And, uh, let's shake it up this week. We've talked and talked and talked and talked again about the national league and national league South. So we're going to push them down the running order this week, even though my co-host has another great interview from Dover for us. And um, we're still going to start by looking at life in the scaffold. The season for our scaffold sites has been curtailed, which is a posh way of saying finished, really. Although there are hopes that a competition of some sort could take place later in the season involving some scaffold clubs. But for one of our teams, there is still at least one, they hope, competitive fixture to come in 2020-21. Because while the league is over, the FA Vars will go on and Dealtown are the last men standing from Kent with a delayed fourth round tie against Binfield on the horizon. So earlier on today, I caught up with the head coach and all-round good egg Steve King to find out all about that. And of course, I started by asking him just how he felt about the Vars continuing. Uh, yeah, we're really pleased, to be honest. Um, obviously, we all want to get back and I don't think it was that feasible to finish the league season. Um, but just to have the opportunity to uh, play our outstanding Vars game, um, it's good. The boys were all excited. And to be honest, we wasn't really expecting it. Um, so if we managed to get there and get it played, um, then yeah, it, it's something that we're all pleased about, to be fair. I was wondering if it, it had, might be difficult because obviously your players have got nothing else to, to keep them sort of going, I suppose, at, at the moment. But they, they will all be ready and up for this game against Binfield whenever it is. Yeah, I think I've, I've said before on this podcast that we've got quite a young squad um, that they look after themselves. Um, obviously, there's going to be nothing to replace not having played football, but their fitness levels are pretty good. Um, we've all been staying in touch and... The two options are really that we play it without full preparation or we don't play it at all. So given those two options, we prefer to give it a go, um, see how we go. And I mean, you just never know. 
I suppose there's also a chance as well you might get some sort of competition through through the league, a, a knockout cup or something, just something small, just to to get some people through the gates. Would you be up for that? Yeah, we, we've we've expressed an interest um, in that. Skeffel have, have put out some information this week. Obviously, we need to get a little bit more information. Um, if we do manage to beat Binfield and we have latter rounds of the Vars and um, obviously we've travelled to Fakenham, the winners uh, would travel to Fakenham um, from our tie against Binfield. We'd have to have a look at that. But as, as a club, if, if we can get back out there and we can get some fans in and, and we can play for a few weeks, um, I think that'll be good for everybody. How challenging has it been the, the last, what, three months without any football or any activity at all? Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say challenging. It's just been boring. Um, I think I think we've all missed it. Um, I think there was a, probably, once we went into that lockdown in January, there was a recognition that there wasn't going to be a way the season was going to be finished fully. Um, so I think there was probably an acceptance for most people quite early um, that we'd be lucky to play again. Um, I think the period back in November was more difficult um, because we didn't know what was coming and we was hopeful we would that that was really frustrating. But once there was an acceptance, um, it's, it's been difficult, um, but there's been bigger things going on in the world and um, I think we'll all appreciate getting back when we can, to be honest. And, and hopefully the 2021-22 season is a full season next year. And, and the club as a whole, it... it... I suppose it's challenging for the people behind the scenes as well to, to keep everything going because even though there's no football activity, there's still bits and pieces that need doing. Yeah, no, we're, we're lucky that obviously as a community club, we've got volunteers that have still been going to the ground quite regularly and making sure that everything's kept neat and tidy. There's been a bit of development work. I know that we've put a new sort of disabled viewing area up during this period. Um, and thanks to some of the grants that we've received and the club sort of like looking after themselves financially, although it's hit us, we've lost a lot of income. Um, we, we, we're going to be in a position where we can survive it um, and we can move forward and, and hopefully continue with the sort of long-term plan that we've put in place as a club over the last three or four years. What do you think about put plans that there might be a way of, of somehow getting this restructure done and some clubs being promoted even though the two seasons haven't been finished? I hope for the clubs involved that there there can be some form of restructure, if I'm being honest. Obviously, we're in a position where whatever decisions made, it won't directly affect us. Um, but I think there's a lot of clubs that have put a lot of effort in over the last couple of years. And I think that I would like to see them rewarded. I, I don't think it's probably fair for any club to be relegated um, based on the fact that... Um, Seasons haven't been completed, but I think if there's promotion places to fill and there's there's league spaces to fill, um, I would like to see them try and push ahead with the restructure. Um, if I'm being honest, it's again from a selfish point of view, the exact same league format for a third year running. Granted, we haven't finished it for the last two years. We would like to see that um, sort of spiced up a little bit and some changes. Um, and maybe some of the big hitters, if they got promoted, one or two got promoted out of our league, it might open it up. A little bit more and I also think for clubs like Kennington in the league below I don't think there's anyone can tell me that they don't deserve their promotion um, so I think if there's an opportunity it would be it would be good to see something being done but obviously that's completely out of my remit out of my hands and as a club we're not really involved in that at all. It is one of those, isn't it? I suppose it's slightly different because there were at least two teams moved into the scaffold last year, but it is just playing the same faces over and over again. It's, I kind of wonder if some clubs might be like, oh, here we go again. You, you know, and you don't want to be going through the motions when everyone's going to be excited for the next season. I think, I think the issue with scaffold at the minute is that there are some clubs that are investing or have invested very heavily to get out of the league. Um, and if we go again with those clubs in it, there's almost a realisation that it's very, very difficult to compete with those clubs if, if they're going to invest the same sort of sums of money as what they have. So if you do get, a, a, like, like you say, a shake-up and a freshen-up and you lose um, a couple of those clubs through promotion, it, it opens it up for everybody. Um, it's We all know all the clubs at our level are sort of at the level they're at. They've got the resources, they get the crowds, um, that they get so not saying that we know what would happen next season because teams always look to improve but um, I think most people who have been in around Skeffel for a while if the 
the division doesn't change, we'll be able to have a pretty good go at who your big hitters are going to be and who might be struggling. Um, which when you get four or five new teams in the league, couple relegated, couple moved across or a couple promoted, it does bring that little bit of excitement about not knowing what they're going to bring to the table. Interesting one there, Matt. I was kind of expecting him to be a little bit more sceptical, but absolutely delighted that they're going to get the chance to continue their Vars run. Yeah, I was quite surprised when I saw that it was announced that they were going to do it. I thought they, I suppose, especially when you think they haven't actually got rid of last season's competition, that they're carrying on with this one. But it's, it's like, what, what round are they in the last 32 there, are they? They're in round four, but there's a delayed tie. So almost all the other round four ties are done and dusted. That was the round that we lost Chatham and Kennington in. Right, yeah. Um, so they are sort of around behind everybody else, so to speak. But they've they've got a, well, they, they've got a chance because we know they beat Boomfield last year. Uh, and then it would be an, a trip to Fakenham, as, as Steve said there, in the next round. And... When you get to this stage, you know, and you've got nothing else to worry about, deal we're going to be going all guns all guns blazing, aren't they? Oh, again, they've got nothing to lose, have they? I think it would be a good idea to go and do it. It's a bonus game. I presume they can do a little bit of training for it. Any idea when that game will come ahead? I'd, it, I would imagine it will be when crowds are allowed back in. Um, so it's, it's not going to be until, yeah, April, May time. Um so what we don't we don't know for definite. I think I think because there is a, a a chance of small crowds. I think on from April the twelfth when when the outdoor uh, hospitality reopens stuff like that. So it could be as soon as then. And and I, I guess it's all depending on crowds. It won't be played behind closed doors. Um, and it's an opportunity for for deal. But I know every team left in that competition will be really excited about the possibility of, of that. And you know, fair play to them because. You might look at it and think, well, you know, what's the point? We're we're in this situation. What what can we do? But they've 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 got a chance. They've got a chance of a day at Wembley, and that is their number one focus now. And, and as he said, there, we've got a young team at Deal. We're all very hungry and focused. And what an opportunity for them! Well, I would have thought ninety five percent of the teams in this competition are probably likely that their league has been cold. Mm. Everyone's in the same boat. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be. I just hope. That these competitions again, what we've seen that certain sides picking players up, that you know, I don't think Deal would, but maybe team other teams are going to say, right, we're going to pick players up from higher up the pyramid, come and play for us, and see if we can win the competition, which may look a little bit of a, a bad egg on, on that competition. But I hope that the, 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 the quality of the competition case as it was, and people stick to how it should be. But I think it's an opportunity for Deal, opportunity to play a game. It could be one game or it could be four games and they could get to Wembley. So um, Steve King will have his players definitely up for the game uh, when it goes ahead and fingers crossed they can get a result. Yeah, and the rest of the stuff he was saying there from uh, from a deal point of view, that they're, they're in quite a good shape, I think. Yeah, I think uh, they've done a great job um, off the field. Um, a young squad. I think they're hampered by a few injuries as well, which, you know, some of the players, their bigger players may have been uh, missing for a period. They might be able to be come back to a few games, but always well run, do a great sort of work off the community, doing stuff w- within the pandemic to make it easier for supporters. So, yeah, um, it's a club close to my heart, being from, the, from that area and knowing Steve pretty well. I always look out for their results. I'm absolutely delighted how, how they're going. And you won't find a more passionate man. You can go both ways with Kingy, I have to say. that He gets me excited. Uh, that, but, you know, he, he loves his club and I'm sure he's been missing his football. As he said, it, it's been boring there. And But now with the school's going back next week, he's got something to concentrate on his day job as well. Yeah. And yeah. Thanks to Steve for for his time. We were able to sort that out. It was, it was kind of when I saw the Vars was continuing, it, an obvious person to chat to this week. And, and as you say, his, his passion uh, for, for the project that they've got at Deal Town is, is, is second to none. And, 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 you know, fair play to him, what he said there about, you know, if there's a chance to, to, to have the restructure. There are teams in this league who deserve to be promoted. And, and you know, we talked about this at length last week and I, I maintain, I hope it can happen. Yeah, I think, um, I, I, I think he's the right thing there. You can't have a league three seasons in a row with the same teams gets a little bit stale. And he mentioned, oh, it's nice even to mention Kennington, isn't it? So, right. They should be playing in this level. And I, I think um, it's better for the other teams to play different teams as well. So, and the money that the sides have put in, uh, I think if they can, the FA have got a perfect opportunity to do this now, the restructuring, with it not playing 
It gives them plenty of months to sort this out. And hopefully they can sort that out. And I don't think, you know, if the scaffold lost a couple of big sides, which you mentioned there, it will be a blow to them. But it'll be, a, you know, somebody will go in and replace them and make the scaffold just as good as it is. It's, it's a great division. So and I, I think Steve's probably thinking from a lot of managers are thinking about it. Yeah, let's have a, let's have a bit of a new new blood in it. You know, when you sometimes when you see the Premier League, when the three go down and they come back up a couple of seasons, you're all a little bit bored. You say, um, certainly see some good other sides coming in. So fingers crossed our sides can go up and teams like Kennington can get to the league they probably deserve to be in. Absolutely. I mean, it'd be fantastic. There is obviously, I think there's two ways of looking at that. There's the way Steve looks at it, which is from a manager's point of view, but from a chairman's point of view, and we're kind of going to hear a little bit about that shortly. But from a chairman's point of view, if you're being realistic, we, we know the top three in the division, the order is, is neither, it can be a little bit up for debate depending on which way they do it. But Chatham, Sheppey and Corinthian are, are the, the, the top three teams in this league. And, and I could quite easily make a case for all three of them to be promoted. However, if you were one of the smaller scaffold sides, you would be quite reluctant, I would suggest, uh, to see Chatham and Sheppey go just because of the, of the crowds that they bring in, because it's it's a big payday for all those clubs, isn't it? Yeah, when we come on to the interview, yeah, yeah, you're going to lose those clubs, but maybe in some ways the bigger clubs going out may make it a tighter division um, and make it, you might be able to get some better results and get more people through the gates. But the, the, the league has got to evolve and it hasn't evolved, unfortunately, the last couple of seasons. And I do wonder as well if some of our smaller clubs might find that they're getting bigger crowds if people are reluctant to travel a bit further away you know if people have listened to this show and taken on a little bit of an interest in their local team and everything, they, they might find that their crowds go up next season anyway so fingers crossed and um, we're going to stay with the scaffold but it's not been a good week for Lordswood who've been the victims of vandals who have targeted their Martin Grove home damaging dugouts fencing advertising hauntings and even breaking a goal post on the second pitch that was set to be used for youth football upon its intimate return. Uh, the club has set up a GoFundMe page which has already raised almost £600 and rather than us just talk about it, we thought it would be nice to hear from the club themselves. So here is the Lordswood chairman, Glenn Parks. You don't expect that type of thing that from a community club but uh, you know there's been some, some quite some bad damage done around the around the ground and it's uh, it's not good. How did you find out about it? Was someone just down at the club and, and, and saw the, the, the mess? Yeah, we well, we've got a, a groundsman that works up there, and he he'd gone up to the ground um, on Monday to check to see what uh, what the problem, if you know there's any problems or what he needed to do around the ground, and he contacted us and says that uh, there'd been some damage, and then I went up and had a look, and uh, lo and behold, we we come across the the damage, and um, you know one of the photos shows of a a. Um, uh, cone up in the air um, in in the netting, and I said I did make a comment that if you got him managed to get a cone up that eye, you should be either playing basketball or should be throwing the ball into into the air for a, a football team and, and getting it in the box. But uh, it must be thirty foot up in the air, which is uh, which is strange. But uh, you know they've done some real damage to the nets and and uh, the netting around the pitch, and then the goals that they've jumped on and snaps, which must be no mean feat because they're all aluminium goals and. I've just snapped them completely. And and when we're looking at youth football might be able to start again soon, this has just happened at the worst possible time, hasn't it? Yeah, it is, because the, that was the, the where the goal has been snapped and broken, it was a youth pitch. It was what the, the teams used for our under-15s and our under-14s who were just about to restart playing Kent Youth League football. Um, and now we've got to rush around to try and find a a goal or buy a goal to um, to get it back up and running. And it's uh, it's sad, really. You know, it's, it's only the kids that are going to be out of pocket and, and out of not being able to play football, you know what I mean? And there's, between the, the three teams, there's a good 60, 70 players there. And you've set up a GoFundMe page, I understand. So and hopefully people are going to rally around and, and sort of help the club out. Yeah, we did. We set up a GoFundMe page the, this morning. And to be fair, we've had some real good... Uh, feedback this morning it, it's going really really well and I'm, I can't thank people enough it's uh, it's been really encouraging to see you know the people sticking by us and helping us out and getting us up the uh, up the, the list of what we need to do and get the money in so we can get the work done around the ground more generally speaking how challenging has the last 12 months been as, as chairman of Lordswood Football Club <laughs> well I, I came into it um, early part of of this last season, um, last year, and uh, 
and took over and then we had the lockdown and it's gone from from bad to worse really not having a limited amount of crowding to having no crowding to not being able to bring our sponsors into games and and do things with them and not being able to do corporate days and things like that and you know the you know yourself non-league football relies on your sponsors and uh, and bringing people into the ground to to get stuff doing our two local big local rivals i suppose you'd say sheppy and and chatham where we would have normally took a big gate uh, of people coming into the ground to to watch them games but unfortunately we didn't even get one of them this season we, we managed to play sheppy away but we didn't get a return game because the season was curtailed and and closed down because of COVID. So it's uh, it's been challenging. Let's put it that way. It has been challenging. Really has been challenging. I suppose for a, for a smaller club in in this league like yourselves, those games against your Chathams and your Sheppies, you, you look forward to them because they bring a big atmosphere, a big crowd, but also plenty of financial help. Yes, yeah, definitely. You know, if we if we had normally have a, a full house at we would have a full house at the Sheppey and we'd have a full house at at the Chatham game. You know, you're talking four or five hundred people, which is which is phenomenal amounts of money for a club of our size. You know what I mean? It's it's just you look at it and you think, okay, that's that set us up for 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 the next few weeks or the next few months and and uh, and then of course that brings sponsors back into the club and they come in and see the atmosphere and what's going on and, and it grows from there. But, you know, we we're not the only one. You know, there's clubs out there in the same position as us where Money's really, really tight, and you know we we've seen it up as far as the national league, where you got the likes of, of uh, Kings Lynn and and Dover who are struggling to for finances. So it's it's no different from from them down to us, really. If anything, it's probably worse for us because we we are such a little community club. Um, but you just hope for the best, and we keep going, and we've got a good committee, and we've got a good management and backroom staff that are helping out, and you know we've got a good. good team spirit amongst us which is which has been fantastic so so they'll definitely you know there's no danger that the club might have to look at, at, at leaving the league or something like that you're definitely in it for the long haul oh no we're in it, definitely in it for the long, long haul no it, there wouldn't be any of that as i said it's you know as well as i do money's money's tight and you you allocate every bit of money to 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 run the club and, and make sure you finish the season start the season next season really well but when you get something like this with the vandalism it just throws a spanner in the works where You've got no money that that isn't already tied up for something else, so you you have to go down the road of the uh, the GoFundMe and and try and bring in some money that way. But I have to say the response so far has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, we learned last week that the season has has been curtailed, as is the phrase that they're using. But there's a possibility of a, a sort of mini tournament towards the end of the the season. Would you welcome something like that? Um, you know, it, that, that's still a discussion that's ongoing, uh, and I think it, it's it's viable for for every club really to to do something like that. Um, you want to get your players back playing football, you want to get them interested in something. So I, I think in some form or another, we'll either play friendlies or we'll play um, you know a tournament of some type. But uh, you know that's still ongoing conversations and and still to be discussed. At, I think by all the clubs and see what they do, but. Uh, it is something that's being thought of and, you know, I think every manager in the league will want to get players back playing as soon as possible, to be fair. I suppose it's a double-edged sword for, for managers, isn't it? Because I guess they want to get their players some matches before the end of the season. But it's also a chance for players to, to try and impress and earn a contract for next season, which I suppose is, is going to be a very important season for everybody now. Yeah, and, and also on top of that, it gives us a chance to look at players that we want to bring in from our reserves or our under-18 side that, you know, that have, that have impressed this season. And, you know, we can bring them in and, and they can play in the tournament and, and see how they do. So it's it's an advantageous for everybody, really. But I think it's it's one of those ones that I think managers now just want to get started in some form or another and, and play either friendlies or, or some type of game that they can, that they can get get the players back and get them interested in playing for the club again and, and you know, and get that team spirit going again. So, I think mean, that's that, that's the big thing. That, you know, that players have not seen each other for four, nearly four months and it's it's all right, well and good doing Skype and uh, WhatsApp meetings and, and chats, and but it's nothing like the camaraderie of working with your, your fellow players on the pitch and working with the manager and seeing everybody around the club. And just for I suppose you'd like to thank everyone for their support so far for the GoFundMe and, and, and look forward to being back playing football properly. Yeah, definitely. You know, the, as I said, the support that we've had from the GoFundMe has been absolutely brilliant. The, the contact from people that we've had on the 
uh, on the website and, and one thing or another saying, you know, is there anything we can do? We, you know, we've had we've had fencing people offer to go and do some fencing and we've had other people offering to come help and, and, and clean up and tie it up, which has been absolutely phenomenal. And we will be contacting everybody um, that says there's others offered help. And, you know, as a community club, we want to get them in so they can help us and we can help them as well, you know, as a, as part of as a family. So, yeah. All I can say is thank you so much for everybody that's supported us so far. If you donate, then please go to our website and, and click on the link. And, and uh, you know, every little penny, even if it's only, you know, only a pound or two pounds, he's gratefully received at this moment in time. We could spend hours of our lives on this show, Matt, just asking what's wrong with people. But seriously, what is wrong with people who think that going and causing damage to a community football club is a fun thing to do firstly let's hope they are caught but also Matt the football family already coming together to help out a small club in need yeah if people you know we've had enough heartache over the last year for certain people and now people getting bored that shouldn't they be at home rather than wrecking a football ground that a community club but he said they'd have to find buy new goalposts and could affect the kids going back at the end of the month it's just absolutely ridiculous so I, I really feel for them you know, he, he had a good sense of humour about it all, but he must be, you know, when he got that phone call on the Monday, he must have been absolutely distraught because they're doing a great effort off the field, things like that, and idiots out there smashing goalposts and affecting the ground. That's just that's just not right. So um, I'm glad that the community's come out for them because no club wants that. And as you said there, that they're not just a football club. And we've heard this from a lot of people uh, recently, and this is what I've, I've kind of... in almost perversely enjoyed of the fact that we've not been focusing all on the football, but we've learned a bit more about what clubs are doing in their communities. And, you know, Lordswood Football Club, they're never going to make the National League, I don't think. Um, that They are happy with where they are. They're, they're happy with their lot. And they're a big part of the community in Lordswood. You know, they've obviously got a football league club just up the road. They've got Chatham in the same area, got Hollands and Blair in a similar area and places like that. But they are at the heart of their community. And, and, you know, the people who go and get involved in that club are doing such great work. And then for one person who we can only assume, well, one or, or several people, who we can only assume live in that community to react like that and, and behave like that. It just It's just really, really upsetting because it's not just a football club. It's it's more than a football club these days, isn't it? Oh, I think we've seen with the pandemic that clubs have come out, sorting clubs, uh, things out for the community making sure that there is a club to go back to because, you know, as he mentioned in the interview, he's got absolutely no money coming in on that basis. So they're making sure that at the end of the day that Lords would have a football club at the end of it and some idiot smashing the goalpost, trying to make it, you know, I don't know, trying to be big doesn't really help them. So one day that, that individual may need that club in some form or another to help them out. And, I, you know, they're just throwing you know, the goodwill of clubs away. And, you know, I, I admire them that they're going to carry on and do things like that because it must be so demoralising in this kind of situation. Yeah, and, and obviously he said he'd be interested in, in a sort of competition towards the end of the season. On the pitch, wasn't a great uh, campaign for Lordswood. They were 19th, I think, when the table, uh, when the season was, was curtailed. So, uh, difficult season for them. But they were under a new manager and obviously he's not been in the job long either, Glenn. Uh, so, it's, it's one of those, isn't it, whereby... You know, they want to keep going. But as he said there, one of the difficulties for them was they went to Chatham, they went to Sheppey, but they didn't get the chance to have the games back at home. And and those are the are, are the big things for them to get those those big attendances through the gates. Yeah, he fell through from that. You clearly he said 500 people coming through the gates could make it a hell of a difference. Of course it can with the bar takings and things like that. So you've, you've got to feel for them on that. But hopefully... Uh, brighter days are coming from there. Maybe they can get out with that with that sort of cup competition, John. Again, is that something that could only start that could start in April, could it? Again, as you mentioned about lower crowds again, or is that a May thing? I think it is a uh, April thing. I'm just going to run over the scaffold statement uh, which was put out on uh, Saturday, which was my parents' wedding anniversary, incidentally. So happy uh, belated anniversary to them. I did send them stuff, so don't worry. Um, they have said we await further clarification from the. FA who are liaising with DCMS but they do say uh, this week's announcement means that training and playing football can commence from March the 29th and outside hospitality can resume from April the 12th assuming that conditions and the spread of COVID-19 continues to improve and doesn't deteriorate. 
uh, in the meantime, we understand dressing rooms can be used for matches as per previous guidance and protocols, but they should not be used for training purposes. We mentioned matches as the league will be contacting all member clubs in the next few days to discuss the potential of a cup competition we played once football is allowed to return in the final month or so of the season. We'll be sending out a survey uh, in the next few days to understand what interest and appetite there is for this. Uh, they then added at the end saying on Sunday, the 28th of February, clubs have been sent a survey asking whether they'll be interested in taking part in a supplementary cup competition starting after the 12th of April. Uh, this would begin in a mini league format and would only be an option once you have confirmation that spectators will be allowed in. Clubs have been asked to respond by March the 5th. And from those results, we'll know if this is an option to pursue. So by the sounds of it, there's a possibility that crowds at that level might be allowed back in on the 12th of April, which uh, given that I still wouldn't be able to see my mum and dad inside a house on that day is, is very strange. Uh, but that is what they are saying. And and if it can be done, then it, it, it can be done and we'll all be going to the football to catch up with our families. Yeah. Same thing. But going back to laws, where they said it, I think it's a good thing. If you can get some six weeks into the end of June playing, and he's what he said. It gives you a chance to look at the under eighteen players. I think if they can set up, set up for that situation as well. So, I think there's definitely legs in this competition um, for it. I don't know how. I think players would probably want to be involved because they want to get fit there. It would just be a long, a long pre-season. Well, I presume you look at it, and there might be a, a cup competition or a cup at the end of it. But I think it's uh, definitely got some sort of merits in this. Um, Oh, it just, it'd just be for everybody's morale as well, just to get out and see some football, wouldn't it? And, you know, it, it'd be great. Could you have a couple of double headers? So someplace, right, well, at one o'clock, it's uh, oh, against fab, something. I, th- I think maybe something they could do something like that. So that's an afternoon of, you know. Well, certainly at the clubs that are, that are perhaps smaller supported, yeah. that aren't going to be, you know, because your Chathams and your Sheppies are going to get 300, if that's the maximum or, or more, whatever. Whereas, you know, if you you could do a double header and have, say, a, a Beersted and a Canterbury playing games at the, on the, you know, as long as as long as it's, you can do it space wise, then yeah, that would be a great idea, wouldn't it? I, I think I think that a double header. I'm not telling the Skeffel what to do because Skeffel do a good job, but maybe a couple of double headers. I don't know if, if the pitches will be in that condition to do it, or if you've got an artificial that just get players in and other clubs can look at other players as well and just sort of. Just think, but yeah, what a recommendation. Maybe a double header will be absolutely perfect for that. That'd be absolutely superb, as you say. I'm just uh, looking that um, <laughs> the scaffold have been doing some great social media over the past uh, few few weeks, and they're doing it on this day. And I'm just looking up last on on this day last year, uh, the third of March, which is the day we're recording it. There were uh, four home wins, 22 goals scored, and no goals conceded in the four games. Uh, that week, uh, including Corinthian beating Irith and Belvedere 10-0. And do you know what, Matt? I remember that. I can't believe how little football there's been since then. <laughs> crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, we were probably talking about COVID at that point when we and thinking what was going on. So, yeah, but I think, um, I think the players will want to do it. I think it's a good chance to do that. Fair play to the scaffold. Great, great social media. And they're always very kind to us. So we'll always big them up. Absolutely. Yeah. Just looking at last uh, the show that we released on the 4th of March last year, uh, it does say, plus we discuss all the rest of the news in the Cubs account, including the 10-0 win, uh, Maidstone losing 5-1 to a side also missed two penalties. Uh, plus we discussed looting a lot, a scratch card faux pas, anniversaries and stockpiling toilet tissue. So we were definitely were in COVID mode. That was the, that was the week you just kept banging on and on and on and on and on and on about looting. Very strange. Well, well it had happened, but it could happen. You never know. Um, maybe I've got a, le- a less um, high opinion of the British public than they have. I thought people would be looting in the streets. Absolutely. Yeah, the Ishmael League, incidentally, have said there won't be any more competitions from them this season. So that is the end for all of our Ishmael League clubs. Um, we might try and get one of them on next week's show as well. Uh, on to the National League then, where we where hope continues for some clubs in National League South that a mini league may happen. Although that proposal will need approval from the league itself, the clubs and the Alliance Committee. Uh, 15 to 20 clubs are said to be interested in the league. Uh, we assume that includes Ebb Street, Dartford and Welling from Kent. Uh, but if there is to be a league that results in promotion... That may open up a relegation place. And of course, sitting in the bottom spot of the National League are Dover Athletic, who have told the National League they aren't playing any more games due to the finances. Uh, with no other club joining them in that stance, they probably are fighting a losing battle in terms of anything being done to help them out. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we've heard from Dover, and, and I kind of said to Matt a couple of times what's going on. So Matt decided to find out. Uh, he spoke to manager Andy Hessen-Tyler uh, about the future at Dover. 
what's going on with the current season. And of course, Andy Hessenthaler's own future and lots more besides. Here he is, uh, the Dover Athletic Manager, Andy Hessenthaler. No, it's really frustrating at the moment, Matt. You know, as you say, I've still got no news on. I spoke to the chairman on Friday, but he, he couldn't give me any news. And um, and it's, it's almost well, really frustrating. I mean, at, at the weekend, just watching other teams play, and us, the only team that's not playing, is, is for me as a manager. And it must be really tough for the players, even more so, um, that you know we're watching teams play, but we're not playing. So... Yeah, I'm really disappointed, but, you know, at the end of the day, that's a decision the chairman's made, and, uh, you know, we can't do nothing about that. You, th- you, you know, in previous interviews, you said you, you think it's the right decision, you still stand by that? Yeah, I do stand by it, you know, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you, you know, the way he's, he's explained it to us, um, there is no crowd, there is no money coming into the club, he doesn't want to take this loan on and put the club in jeopardy, and I, I, I do get that, I actually do get that, um, I know it's. It, it, I, I thought other clubs would make the same stance, but they haven't done that as yet. Whether they will, I don't know. Um, Does that leave you in a difficult situation? The club, it, you know, Kings Lynn are sort of saying, you know, we're yeah. playing one game with the other. It seems that some of the other clubs, or the six other clubs you voted to null and void, are maybe waiting to see what the predicament will be for Dover rather than deciding yeah. it themselves. I agree, Matt. I think that could be the case. You know, I think they're waiting to to see what the National League do with us or the FA whoever decides because we haven't fulfilled our fixtures uh, and then maybe they'll make a decision but um, I thought the, I thought maybe there would have been a decision on what they're going to do with ourselves um, you know we still don't know whether there's definitely whether there's any relegation in our league or not because I think obviously that's not been the North and South hasn't been ratified whether it's been null and void there is talk of perhaps that and still playing on, but I'll be amazed if that's the case. Um, because there was too many teams in the North that wanted it that avoided. So do you put the two, the North and the South together, and do a league to finish the season? I can't see that happening. But um, yeah, I think um, I think we, we. I thought we, they would have made a decision on us. Uh, if there is punishment at all, hopefully there was not. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. No, no idea when that would come. Again, they've been pretty, the board hasn't been the, the most quick in making decisions. So no, got no idea when about that. I presume the club is still being um, charged with not fulfilling fixtures at the moment. Yeah, I've, 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 you know, I've heard nothing. As I say, chairman's not heard anything. And, you know, I, I think, obviously, um, the chairman's at uh, dialogue or, or emails to the, to the league about the, the reasons why he can't fulfil the fixtures. They know why we can't fulfil the fixtures. And, uh, you know, it's in their hands as we speak. So, um, yeah, it's just a waiting game. But the longer it goes on, you can't see us playing another game because we're getting so far behind the fixtures as well, aren't we? You know, we've only played 15 games. I think tonight is, I think, Auckland, if they play tonight, I'm not 100% sure, but you know, that'll be their 26th game. It's like, you know, 11 games in front of us. It's just, it's, we're just not going to be able to fit the games in now, and, and that's another problem for us. Have you had much support from other managers in the league, saying, you know, asking how you're getting on? A little bit. Uh, Alan Dow sort of woke in, and he, he only understands our, our decision, uh, the club's decision. Um, they have been talking themselves whether they may have to furlough uh, some players uh, and, and, and play a younger squad. Um, so, yeah, I've spoken to Dow quite a bit. Um, you know, but and again, the, the King Glim one was the one that was, you know, highly publicised that they was probably going to do the same. But um, as it stands at the moment, they, they haven't done that. So, um, and I suppose in a way, it looks doesn't look very good on us because we are the only team that's uh, made that decision to, to to stop playing. You mentioned about the players there, and I think a majority of the squad is out of contract in the summer. It must be difficult for them. I don't know yourself. You're out of contract as well. You know, at yeah. some point, you've got to think about your future. You know, as well, haven't you? Yeah, and that's right. Everybody. I mean, completely everybody's out, out, out of contract. The whole squad, players, staff, everybody. So, you know, I think we won't have that conversation until we know what the future is for the for the football club and where we're going to be. And uh, you know, listen, I'll put it there. I'd love to stay. You know, even if it's, even if the club get punished and we have to drop a league or, or, or what they decide to do. You know, I want to stay, you know, I, I've, I've been enjoying it. Obviously, this year's been tough. Um, 
uh, it hasn't been enjoyable, but you know all what's gone on. It's it's been so difficult, but um, yeah, I mean that's a conversation that needs to be had. But I think that's uh, that's not obviously on the chairman's mind at, at the moment. But at some stage, that's going to have to we're going to have to have a conversation on that. And uh, as you say, it's it's tough on the players because you know that. If I'm a player, which I've been, obviously I just want to play. I just want to get back training. I want to play play games, and um, you know that's what we all wanted to do. But you know the chairman's made that decision, and and we've got to respect that decision. Um, and, and let's wait and see what the uh, what the outcome of that decision is. Do you do you have a dialogue with the players as well? I presume you know they're just as well sitting at home. You know yeah. they should be training. Must be as I say, yeah, it must I mean, be difficult I, for they, them. They pretty much I pretty much speak to them every day and. Not all of them at the same time, but they, they call, you know, some will phone one day, then another, and then find out any news. And, and unfortunately for them, I just can't give them any news. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it must be really frustrating for, you know, probably frustrating for me, but even more so for them, uh, because, like I say, they just want to get out on the pitch and play. You had any inquiries for those players that go to on loan at other clubs in the division? We, we, we have had a couple, yeah. I, I won't name any names, Matt, but we have had a couple. Um, you know, if, if that was going to be the case of any players leaving, it wouldn't be for loan. You'd have to be almost they they'd have to cancel their contract because you know it's pointless going on loan. You may as well just cancel your contract and go go to go to the club that wants you. So, uh, but it, nothing's materialised on that. But we have had a couple of players who have had inquiries from other clubs. So you say it's a frustrating time, and, and you mentioned. You know, after two weeks, no funding, and you mentioned yeah, all the games in hand. Personally, I can't see David playing again this season. That's my gut feeling as well, Matt. I don't think we'll, uh, I don't think we'll kick another ball this season. And let's hope that um, that we, we don't get badly punished for it. It'll be very harsh because at the end of the day, the chairman's put the reasons why um, financially we just can't carry on. And um, you know, let's let's hope. We're in this division next year. I mean, that's the key. Let's hope we are, and that's where we want to be. Uh, people will say, I'm sure outside of our club, will be saying, well, they should be punished, uh, you know, and kicked out and stuff like that. I, I think I've heard things like that. But, you know, the chairman has looked into it. Obviously, there is a just cause, big reason why behind it, why we're not uh, playing. And um, the chairman's not a silly man. He's been... He's a businessman. He knows what he's doing, and I'm, I'm sure that uh, any sort of punishment, it'll be, uh, it'll be looking into that. Smashed it out of the park again, didn't you, mate? It's a, a great interview, and I, I thought it was, it was nice for Fest to say, you know, I, I want to be here even, even if we are put down the league. Yeah, um, I think uh, he's only managed 15 games. No, his spell at the club has been successful. The 15 games, you know, we always knew it was going to be a struggle. Um, they're not going to be coming back. Um, and I think he'd like the opportunity. Um, he didn't get promoted at the Conference South before, maybe to try it again. Um, I expect to be a very different Dover Athletic than what it started, um, or the last game when we were against the Oval, or it was the end of January, which starts again because a lot of players will go. I'm still expecting them to be in Conference South. I think with no other club, Kings Lynn maybe shafting, is that the correct word, saying they're not going to play? <laughs> And then now they oh, we are going to play or they're going to take it game by game. Clearly, everybody's waiting to see what happens to Dover. And if Dover has said, you're out, the rest of them are going to carry on with how it goes. So I, well, a couple, like I mean, a couple of things on that. I mean, I, I heard uh, Mark Ives was on the non-league show over the weekend and, and the interview is out there on um, on iPlayer. And he just listened to that interview as a standalone bit. And, and I went through it because we kind of wanted to see if there was anything said about Dover. And I think it's 18 minutes that they start talking about it. But uh, Mark, I said, uh, he didn't want to talk about specific cases, but that there could be sanctions against clubs. But ultimately Dover are digging their heels in. They are not playing any more football. At some point, the National League have got to make a decision what to do about Dover's, Dover's results. Because, they can't have the league finish uneven if Dover aren't going to play. Are they going to expunge their record? Or, or or what are they going to do? Because the other thing as well, Matt, is on a points-per-game basis, you're not bottom anymore, are you? No, that's true. Because yeah, Barnet clearly are, are bloody terrible. <laughs> uh, we did beat Barnet before, and I think they weren't very good from there. Yeah, this is the thing. I presume, will it go to the league? Some, certain clubs will be quite happy for us 
well, one club, we're quite happy to have our results expunged. Oh, well, I was going to say, actually, funnily enough, the clubs in sixth and seventh uh, yeah. in this table would both be very happy because yeah. they would both see most of their rivals, or all of their rivals around them, lose, lose three points. Exactly. So, so, so a lot of teams, like the Suttons, Sutton haven't played though. So, they, you know, they'll be thinking, right, they would like um, to, to how it's going to work. So will certain clubs say, right, we want to get Dover because we want to keep them because we got three points off them. <laughs> Clearly, that must be the case. Not County and Eastleigh say, so I'll get rid of them. The rest who, who, who've beaten Dover will say, I'll keep them. Surely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's. But then it's not a level playing field if Dover have only played 15 games. And, and haven't you played Dagenham twice? Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, did we take twice? No, we haven't. No, oh, no, it was called off, wasn't it? Called off. Yeah, we haven't played anybody twice. So, oh. so um, yeah, it's it's. Just Might think though, mate. If your result gets, if your results all get expunged, that five 0 at home to Aldershot and the five one at home to Woking, that they're not going to have, have happened. That's, that's uh, so disappointing. So, are we off the bottom of the league now? So we would go above Barnet on games. We must be Barnet points per game because Barnet have played eight more games and they've got two, two more, more points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so clearly we're not the worst team in the division. So, unless we lost those eight games, but as I said Which, before, we were getting better. We were getting better on that basis so yeah my other theory is this is going all the way and you know normally they have the AGM Cup for the National League which will probably be now July because they're still playing in June they'll then yep. decide then Dover we've decided that Dover are, <laughs> I can't believe they'll make a decision on that but now what's coming about with the, the North and South um, mini league and I'm putting the old fingers up there mini league mm. how is it going to work there because there's hundreds of questions in for that as well isn't there Absolutely, and and it's it's very funny enough. I did see some people when it was put out on Twitter. Quite a lot of people uh, rallying against it, really saying, "Oh, you know, it, the vote the, there was a result of the vote. Why is everybody arguing it?" And and I kind of understand that point, to be honest. Um, the vote has has been made. I understand, as I said last week, I understand teams want the right to be promoted, and I understand the uh, not feeling that the national lottery grant money was wasted and everything like that. I I, I completely get that. Of course I do. But you can't just, I don't know, can you just make it up? But I also, what I was also going to say, um, I'm kind of changing my thing here, was, but Mark Ives, uh, in that interview uh, that I talked about just there, also said, our priority is that we've got 66 clubs to start next season. Uh, now, obviously, that is looking at it from a point of view of all the, the National League are, are I want to make sure that all the clubs that are currently in the league are survive. But also, I was looking at it thinking, well, they obviously not don't fancy levelling up these divisions then and, and going through that whole restructure. Mm, that's that. Because arguably, if if the, if the North and South went into this mini-league, could you get the likes of Worthing and Cray saying, hang on then, we're going to have a mini-league here. We're going to play off against that. Whoever wins, we want promotion. Could you have that? Could the Isthmian League... I know some people say, well, it's not elite and all things like that. Could you have sides in the feeder league to the south and the north saying, what, well, right, if you're doing that and we want to carry on, like South Shields, I think they're in there. Yep. Could they say, right, we're going to carry on because you're doing it. Why can't we? Could you do that? Who knows? That, that's going to be, it is, it is a can of worms. And, I, and... and my other point is on this as well, the north and the south, do you start on zero points? That's part of the debate, isn't it? Or would you start points per game? That means Welling start minus points. What is the point of Welling playing if they start on minus points? For what we've said, wouldn't it be hilarious if they started it oh, oh, on no points? And Welling win it. I would love it. And, it, and the teams at the top who've been shouting the loudest end up like ninth and 10th. It's just, oh, it'd be brilliant. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, we're obviously keeping an eye on what's going on uh, in uh, other clubs as well outside of the county. And, and uh, there was an article uh, in my local paper down here with the uh, Eastbourne Borough chairman. And it just, it just didn't ring it just didn't sit comfortably with me what he was saying. And, and there was a great response on Facebook from a, an Eastbourne fan who said, you know, we're in a lucky situation. We had a good cut run. We made some money out of it. But this time last year, Eastbourne Borough were pleading poverty, which they were. But because they're in and around the top of the table, that, that they want to ca carry on. And it, it just, 
you know, it is all very, very short-sighted. Everyone is in it for themselves, and they're only looking at it from from that. And and you know, there there are clubs who are obviously saying, "Well, look at us. We can afford to play on without crowds. We want to play on." But it could easily backfire on them. And I think they need to see the bigger picture rather than just focus on themselves. My theory: if you have an eighteen-team league in this thing with the teams that are in it, I see two teams have dropped out. Apparently, Concord, who basically changed their mind. More times than I've, I don't know, changed my um, underpants recently, haven't they? They've gone up left and right, left and right. They've pulled out. Interesting. Still worried about the VAR trophy. Well, I presume they can still carry on with that. And Hungerford, another side that was saying we've got a pound. They apparently they're not involved. They don't want to get involved in this league. I don't know why, because it's not too much travelling. Maybe I don't know, because you know Eastbourne to Fylde, mate. That's a bit of a trek, isn't it, on a Tuesday? Well, exactly. It's quite a trek. So I think in theory, in in theory, it's not a bad idea. In practice, I think there's more holes in it than the plot of the drowning. Yes, I think there is (laughs) quite a few. There's a lot from that drowning. I I think, yeah, I don't know how they're... Again, it seems to be Dorkin and Gloucester again, who are are doing the Gloucester man saying, oh, we've had some good it, arguably, it would have to start on nil, nil points. If the other yeah. league is null and void, you'll yep. start from there. And it, again, I'm not telling Steve Lovell how to manage a football club. <laughs> if I was Welling or one of these teams or uh, Eastbourne, for example, your lot, My look lot, at Worthing yeah. doing really well, aren't they, this season? Yeah. Do you say, right, we're going to take we'll them. six <laughs> exactly six of those players, they know how to win football matches, going to get into this level, we'll have all those players and from there. You'd have to start with zero points. They could say, oh, your results between the other clubs. Welling have played 12 games, I think. Something smaller now. 14 they've played. That, their 14 games could be against sides. Oh, who, aren't, who aren't up for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and you look at the North, you could have, there's only about six teams are in it. So, so I, I just. Who knows? You could, you filed might not have played York, Boston, Kinnemister, et cetera. And then you're back to, they'll have no points. So it, I, I, this is the problem. It's logistically, it is an absolute nightmare. And I just, and that's why well, I just can't see it going. And, and uh, the word on the street is as well, that all 66 clubs have got to vote for this. And I'm sure there'll be clubs who've, <laughs> <laughs> who are just going to be like, oh, I wonder which way Mr. J. Parmenter would vote. Would you like there to be a competition that could relegate you, Jim? Uh, let me have a quick think about that one. No, I'll go for no. Yeah, that, that, I don't mean to be rude. Do do Notts County care? <laughs> really? About, I don't, well, about Dorking. Uh, and and it, will it be a 28-day resolution or is this one right? Oh. Tuesday, folks going to be in by Wednesday. So, and again, I, I, I know we've got Dartford in this so as well and, and well in our Kent sides. And Epsleet so, as well. And Epsleet, yep. So I've got them. You know, we, you know, of course we want our sides to be there. And I've said before, I expect Dover to be relegated. Clearly, what they've 66 clubs is they're not going to be punished into the Isthmian League. I would have thought Dover would be going up, would be relegated. So I presume they'll have one team up from the, if this division goes up and one from the playoffs. But what happens if they're both York and Fylde will get promoted? To the South then, so that's not fair because we haven't got a promoted team. This or- is going to. This is the problem, and this is why. And again. Decisions need to be made. Decisions need to be firmly made. And I ponder, and I, as I have pondered several times in the past few weeks, if the National League board are really the right people to be making <laughs> these sort of decisions. Because this is, going back to that point I saw earlier, there was a vote. The vote was the National League North and South are finished. And yet still there are 18 clubs, less than half of the clubs saying we want to play. So, you know, it's, oh, it's, it's a nightmare. Well, Absolutely. Uh, uh, and again, I'm sure the FA is quite busy. Thinking there, surely they'll say, right, you've made your you made your bed. You've got to lie on it. We're not getting involved in this. Surely this could go open a complete can of worms from other leagues and things like this. So the season will probably be delayed while we go for a court case or something. Uh, so, but no, as I say, I still expect Dover to be playing Conference South football, and all the Dover fans I speak to are quite happy with that. So yeah. it's not keep. I'm not. So I know it's David going to stay up from that. And, you know, the money situation, Jim said before, and things like that, maybe David can't compete. So I'm not doing this to, to, to keep Dover up. It just, 
you've got to look at the logistics of this North and South League, how they're going to do it. Yep. Um, and I would have thought Dawkins will not be happy that Wellington would have the same amount of points as them mm. at the start of this. But I know, because then that goes that would go against the point of, well, we've had this money and we don't want to see it go to waste because it, technically it has gone to waste because all your points were nothing. Yep. Um, but there you go. Anyway, no, let's let's crazy. move on. Cause eventually, it we'll get, we'll, eventually we'll get something, but maybe there's going to be a, a resolution we can try and put our heads around next week. Which Absolutely. would be bloody even more confusing than the last one. Uh, in some football that actually happened, Bromley beat Altrincham 3 1 on Saturday, but then suffered a late defeat at Inform Sutton uh, on Tuesday night. Sutton, who, of course, it, according to if Dover do get expunged, will go top of the table. Uh, and Bromley are away to Eastleigh on Saturday. So we shall see what happens with that. Uh, miserable day here today, mate. It's been raining and all sorts. Yeah, I've, I've been in the office and, um, and I looked out the window and saw that. It was raining, so no, yeah, it's been miserable. I think that with the lovely weather we had the weekend, with the whole world being out, um, maybe it's uh, less than from there because a lot of um, at the weekend social distancing of on the end of this month where you can sit on a bench with somebody outside your house seemed to um, go out the window because everybody was doing that. Yeah, um, we're watching a thing on the telly called it's on Netflix. It's called Behind Her Eyes. Have you oh heard yeah, of it? yeah, you have watched it. You've watched it. Yeah. Good. So you've seen it all. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, we can't give away any spoilers, but I was just, I, I read, we looked back on, I looked on some social media comments about it and someone made the point of if after two episodes, you got that twist at the end, they'd give you half a million quid. And I, I'd say that's probably fair. And I, we knew there was a big twist at the end, but all the way through, we were trying to, say things but just genuinely never got anywhere close to that absolute drivel it was wasn't it first two first two episodes you think oh this could be a good bit of brain I, I was looking at my wife watching it thinking is he part of her it was it was don't it, he can't no no but it, i i I, I, it, I did ponder actually I, I think i can say this without being a spoiler but i did ponder if he was a fag- figment of her imagination oh that could be well, never well, i was but but anyway, um, yeah, I, I remember because normally when we watch dramas and stuff, like at the end, Haley will look at it and say, "Oh, that was a waste of time." Oh, oh. Whereas this time it was me, and I just literally when it when the the big twist at the end happened, I just sat and looked at her, and I just went six hours. Yeah, we've spent six hours watching this. I mean, it is it was effective because it stayed with me actually. I've been thinking about it quite a bit, and like you know it's. I didn't. I thought it was an enjoyable program, but the 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 twist at the end was completely came out of the blue, and it was fairly unbelievable. It, it, it was yeah. <laughs> if you've not watched it, I'd, I'd watch it and um, find the person on on Twitter who said if you can find it, if after two episodes you can, you can work out what the twist is, uh, they'll the give you five hundred. Episodes grand. were quite good. They had a bit of you know yeah. But, that, but we have started watching Unforgotten, which is a really good program. So yeah, that's uh, that's a really good. Well, don't talk to me about that because do you know what I found out today? Yeah. You know it's on Mondays at nine o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Next Monday it's not on. They've pushed it back to Tuesday. Right. What's on next? Oh, it's that bloody um, Oprah Winfrey thing, isn't it? Yeah. How? I mean, really, uh, I've I've always found it very hard to care a, a single jot about that about those two, but now I am caring because they're taking off pretty much my favourite drama program that I absolutely love is being delayed for twenty four hours because of them two halfwits. Are you having a laugh? I, I, I presume you're your Champions League gig as well the next week, aren't you? Yeah, I'm not working Tuesday actually, so oh, it's all right. All right. Uh, yeah. Um, no, yeah, I do, yeah. That is a good project. Um, I've watched the second one yet, actually. Been, uh, no, that's good. That's good. We, we and another, another big news. Big yep. news. It's just been announced in the last oh, half an hour that two weeks tomorrow, the 18th of March, Taskmaster returns for Series 11. That's good news for you. Yeah, you like that programme? So do you, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's, it's catching it up. It's on a Thursday. So I do. It's just... I don't catch up the play on that. But um, It's got your mate from... Um, Ghosts, Ghosts in it. Yeah, yeah, I might watch it for her. I quite like her. So, um, yeah, she's she seems quite pleasant. Yeah. Um. So that's it from that. So, what else has been going on? Not a lot, really. Um, we can't we can't go anywhere. Can't budget, do anything. Was, was the budget good for you, in any way? I kind of knew everything that was going to be in the budget before 
Um, Any more money coming your way? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that's so that's fine. That helps us out. I mean, we're just trying to crack on, really, and just get ourselves back up together. We're doing doing trying to do a couple of hours a day just to get everything back up together. Today, uh, I spent about half an hour on the phone uh, having a debate with my water company, uh, a debate which will end in me finding a new water company, uh, and I've glued together a, a wooden drawer that we broke. So you know, I'm I'm getting there. I've done something productive with my days. Are you still playing football? I haven't played football manager for ages. I haven't played it for about two and a half weeks. I might yeah. have a, I might have a bit of a bash while I'm editing tonight. So we'll see how we go. Oh yeah, yeah. That's. I think it's it's, it's a good winter program. When it gets the weather gets nice, I don't think football managers, um, uh, the way to go. So apart from that, everything's fine. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, just count down till I can sit on a bench with another person and um, have a Monday. cup of Monday. Yeah, Monday. Yeah. Living the dream. Life uh, yeah. is never going to get better than this. Uh, anyway, thank you everybody for listening to this week's show. You can find us on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well. Just search for the Kent Only Podcast. Uh, I'm at John Phipps 81 on Twitter. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Do feel free to give us a follow. We are really not worth it though. We're quite dull, um, both of us. But there you go. Uh, yeah, but if you're a musician and yeah. if you want merch. Yes, yeah, musicians and merch um is 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 what we're after uh, so yeah do feel free to get in touch with any suggestions uh, of things that you could do uh, along those lines that'd be great to hear from you uh, yeah that's pretty much it then so thank you ever so much to all three of our guests for their time uh, this week uh, steve king glenn parks and of course andy hess and tyler and obviously the lordswood gofundme page uh, i've tweeted out the link already if you do want to give them some uh, some money to help them uh, along their way there is a a, a a shorter version of the link it's gofund.me slash 71ee3c3e that is where you can find it but uh, yeah really good that everyone's coming together and if you can help them in any way shape or form uh, as we heard from Glenn there he'll be absolutely delighted in fact it's gone up nearly 100 quid uh, while we've been recording this show so that's really good uh, to know and and good luck to them in in getting that all sorted Uh, hopefully next week we'll have some more news on this National League North South playoff whatever it's going to end up being or maybe nothing at all Uh, but in the meantime take care of yourselves look after each other look forward to seeing your one other person on a bench for a coffee from monday and we'll speak to you all next week on the kent on podcast i'd love to know how the conference south are going to sort this out when welling have got 0.85 of a point